Well, good morning. I am Danny. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and I am excited to be before you this morning. Mostly because of the opportunity I have to preach to you from our new series, Songs in the Key of Life. But before I get into my sermon, I want to ask that you grab a Bible in front of you or behind you and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. And someone who has one of our church Bibles, do you mind calling out a page number? 1152. There you go. And I will be reading from the NIV version for those of you who may be using your own Bible or an electronic Bible. We're going to spend the majority of our time today in these scriptures. And I'll offer you one more, and that's Psalm 116 and 1. So if you want to earmark that one, you can as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, and it reads, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. My sermon title today is A Love Worth Waiting For. Aren't they cute? Just married. This new series is one that I'm thrilled about because it's about God's gift of music and how music has a way of speaking to who God is. Now, one of the fathers of the early church, Martin Luther, said, next to the word of God, the noble art of music is the greatest treasure in the world. I believe God knew what he was doing when he gave us two of my favorite things. Now, if you've had at least two conversations with me, you should know what my two favorite things are. I just gave you one, music. And the other one is, you got it, food. <laughs> yes. Separately, they bring joy to your life. But when you take music and food, and you combine them together, you have yourself a party, right? <laughs> Whether you are a music junkie or someone who listens every now and then, music can take you on a wild journey. Victor Hugo, a French poet and by far one of the greatest and most well-known French poets and writers says, Music expresses that which cannot be silent and that which cannot be put into words. In other words, music says what the heart would say if it could talk. 
Music is very powerful. It has the ability to pull emotions out of deep, hidden places. It has the ability to raise someone's mood, get them excited, or make them calm and relaxed. Yes, music allows us to feel nearly or possibly all emotions that we experience in our lives. For instance, in 1999, when I got my driver's license, my brother-in-law gave me a little purple tape. Yes, a tape. Not a CD, a cassette tape. See, that's the beauty of being a millennial. We remember cassette tapes. We remember CDs. We remember iPods and Spotify, right? Right, millennials? Don't we remember all that? Give it up for the millennials in the house. Woo yeah, that's right. Yes, this cassette tape that you're looking at right now set my summer of driving up right. It was called the So So Deaf Bass Jam Volume 2. Woo, that right there. And the one song that when it plays today, I remember the one song that took me all over the city was called My Boo. Y'all know, and I, I think of you, do this. I want to. See, y'all thought. <laughs> you thought that song just came out. No, 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 no. That is old school jam right there. Old school 99. <laughs> yes, that song. It's filled with emotions of excitement and joy and elation. And it filled my heart and my car as loud as it could go. Hearing that song now brings back so many carefree memories. And I'm sure if you think about it, you can think of that one song that when you hear it, it brings back joy and excitement. But then on the flip side, there are also songs that when I hear them, they remind us of times of challenge and heartache. Unfortunately, most of my heartache was around dating between the ages of 15 and 22. <laughs> but, you know. I listened to so many sad love songs back then. And those songs, spoke to the pain and the frustration of teenage love. Better than any Shakespearean book could. Better than any character Leonardo DiCaprio could play. Yeah, those songs spoke to me. Now, I, one song I remember playing over and over and over again after me and my 10th grade boyfriend had broke up was Whitney Houston's, I Have Nothing. <laughs> Do y'all remember that song? I have nothing, nothing. Picture, 15-year-old girl just in on her knees in her bedroom just crying out, I have nothing. Just listen to the song. 
Okay, play it. Stop playing it. I'm getting sad all over again. <laughs> I got real love now. <laughs> I tell you, that song, can you imagine me wallowing in my pain and sadness? I have nothing. Really? <laughs> nothing? You have nothing? Really? Y'all, I don't know about you, but I've, teenage love is deep. It's deep. I tell you, a study done by North Carolina University showed that most of what we like to listen to is steeped in suffering. The study showed that songs that sing about desperation, longing, suffering, and regret most always made it to the top 100 hits on the billboard. Why is that, though? I mean, if we're honest, if we had to choose between being happy and being sad, we're going to choose to be happy. No one chooses to be engrossed in suffering, but yet the gravitational pull of the music that we listen to takes us there. Now, how do we explain the fact that heartache has a predictable way of driving us to search for reassurance in the most unlikely of places? I believe it's because music taps on an inner longing. And that inner longing that I want to talk about today is our longing to be loved. Y'all remember the song, to be loved, to be loved, oh, what a feeling, to be loved. Y'all don't remember that? <laughs> Look, my grandfather had a record store. It's music. Let me just brace you right now. Word and song associations will happen throughout all my sermon this morning. So just be prepared. It's going to happen. That's what happens when you give a music junkie a spot. <laughs> in the music series, <laughs> it's gonna happen. But seriously, to experience love, true love, is a longing that comes from within. And it is my prayer that before you leave today, you will be able to connect with that inner longing and know that you have a love that's worth waiting for. Amen? So last week, Pastor Jeff shared his favorite song by Al Green called Let's Stay Together. And he mentioned that the core longing he gained from that song was his desire for a love that lasts, one that would keep him together with those he truly loved. He said that if we think about it, all love songs are about God, because God is love. So I believe that if all love songs are about God, then sad songs are a reminder that we need God. See, the reason people listen to sad songs and songs of suffering more often than songs about inspiration is because of their desire, their core longing for a real love. 
First Corinthians chapter 13, verse four through five says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. My first boyfriend was when I was in the first grade. His name was Greg. Now you could not tell me that that was not real love, okay? He was the only one I'd let push me on the swings. He always gave me his snacks. Now see, that was real love. Little did he know. Until Stanley moved into our little town. Yes, Greg did not like Stanley, <laughs> because I did. <laughs> Man, they would argue on who would sit next to me in class. When I would trade snacks with Greg, Stanley would get upset. To me, though, this was what real love was. But to Greg, it was not. Soon, Greg and I were no longer as close as we were, and it wouldn't be before we got to high school that we were able to laugh about how silly we were as kids. But to us back then, that was love. And poor little Greg, he was confused at how quickly love changed. But here's the good news. God's love never changes. God doesn't change his mind about his love for us after making a promise or giving us a blessing. When he gives love, he does it with no strings attached. The peace and love that he gives, even in the middle of a battle, is his gift to us when we lean into him. We don't have to search for love or wonder if we have real love because God offers us unconditional love, a love that is waiting for us through the Father. All we have to do is accept it. Another reason why we listen to the music we do is because it touches our longing for a painless love. Verse five says, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It does not keep a record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. As I mentioned before, God wants to offer us unconditional love. But the truth is, our pride can sometimes get in the way of accepting his love. The effects of loving and failing can convince us that we don't need anyone, that all we need is me, myself, and I. That's all I got in the end. That's what I found out, and it ain't no. Y'all don't know Beyonce? <laughs> now, come on. <laughs> y'all had to know. There's no way I'm going to preach a music series. And Beyonce, not going to show up. I can remember, though, my first year of college. And against the advice of my mother, I had been dating this upperclassman. Well, one day after class, I'd walked out 
And I looked down the strip, which is what we called our promenade, and I saw him with his arm around another girl. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> it was only Beyonce's Me, Myself, and I song that got me through the pain and the anger of seeing him with another girl. See, I was trying to convince myself that not only did I not need love, that love was for weak people. That I wasn't gonna let love hurt me ever again. And whoever coined the phrase, love hurts, they didn't know what love was. See, God never created love to hurt. But when we place our love in the wrong places, pain, tragedy, loss can happen. See, God doesn't want us to place all of our love into a person, nor does he want us to see our weaknesses as, a, as our, see our pain as a sign of weakness. Love never hurts. The courage it takes to love, yeah, that can hurt. The sacrifice you give for love, that hurts. The ups and downs of the beautiful journey of love, ugh, that hurts. The ignorance in love hurts. Everything that comes along with love has the potential to hurt. But don't get it twisted. Love itself will never hurt. Remember when God sacrificed his son on the cross. Scripture says it pained God to see his son like that. But yet, because of his deep love for the world, he gave his son's life. I think the better way to describe love is not in terms of hurt, but rather vulnerabilities. Loving forces you to bear yourself to someone, to give up your own will for another. Now that can seem weak or feel like pain because our society doesn't value weakness, but God tells us that his love for us shines brightly in the darkness of our vulnerabilities. Our pain gives him the chance to step in and show us his strength, his real love. See, his love will lift the weight of disappointment every single time because God is love. But I'm here to tell you, it's not an easy thing to do. When your heart has been wounded at the hands of a person who claimed to love you, pain and fear can set in. When the love that was promised to you turns into betrayal, 
our view of love and affection may come under attack. But remember, God doesn't love the way humans love. His love is unconditional. It's an agape love. It's a love that is pushed into action and it isn't defined by anxiety or broken promises. That's because the love that God gives is a love that will wait. Verse 7 says, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. You know what the best part about God's love is? His love is patient. Now, math was never my strongest subject in school, but algebra came easy for me. Okay, so do you remember this? If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals You got it. Look at y'all. We're good in algebra too. So if scripture says God is love, and then another scripture says that love is patient, then that means God is patient. Right? Look at that. Christian algebra. <laughs> I tell you, this spiritual equation has proven to be true in my life's testimony as well. Midway through college, I made the conscious decision to put Jesus in the back seat and allow sin to drive my life. Now during that time, I made one poor decision after another. I allowed people to influence me to do things that I shouldn't have done. I put myself in environments that if I reflect on it today, I shouldn't be standing before you right now. I look at my life and I, can, I could fully see the wrong that was in it. But I didn't have the courage to seek God. I was too ashamed of what I had become, the mistakes that I made in the life that I was living. I was surrounded by people who claimed to love me, but yet I was so alone. But I'm here to tell you, God's love waited for me. See, I honestly believe that the world is full of people who are lonely, but they're waiting for someone else to make the first step. But God made that first step for me. He found me in my mess. He cleaned me up and set me on a path that was always destined to be on because he felt that my love was worth waiting for. See, in God's deepest desperation of love for us, he wrote his own album of love and he called it the Bible. And he named his number one hit, Jesus, the Savior of the world. And God is waiting patiently with excitement for the moment that everyone 
will get the opportunity to hear the lyrics that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son for whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. See, that's why I find so much life in worship music, because worship music touches our inner longing to be loved. Psalm 116.1 says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplications. His love is patient. One of my favorite worship artists is Travis Green. And he has a song called, You Waited. And every time I hear that song, I look back on my life and all the mistakes that I made. Every time I turn my back on Jesus, the countless nights that I ignored his voice and pretended I didn't hear him, I can't help but fall on my knees and cry and thank him for the grace and mercy that covered me anyways, because God's love waited for me. It waited for me to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. He didn't throw me away because he said my love was worth waiting for. As I invite the band back up, I wanna share this story. This past weekend, I had an opportunity to attend a gathering of missions pastors. It was about a thousand, close to a thousand people that were there. Now, after the opening session, I stayed around talking to some friends, talking to one of the speakers, and then afterwards, I started to walk towards the elevator to get to my room. As I'm walking, though, I notice this long line. Now, at first I thought, oh, they must be working for Starbucks. <laughs> but when I got to what I thought was the front of the line, I asked, is this the line for the elevator? And they all said in unison, yes. Y'all, that line was like a line at Magic Mountain. <laughs> that line was long. So as I looked at the line, I thought, Okay, well, maybe I go ahead and get on the line. But before I made the decision, I overheard someone say, ah, let's just take the stairs. So then I thought about that. I said, hmm. And I thought about it. This was a 27-floor hotel. Yeah. I looked at myself. I had on a blouse and a skirt. Thank the Lord I didn't have on heels. So I said, you know what? What the heck? So I me and three or four other people, we took the stairs. And as we're climbing these flights of stairs, I could hear moans and groans as everybody got up to their floor and then they stopped. There was a couple with me and they said, oh, aren't we glad we're only at floor eight and not at like floor 22? And then I thought about it. I said, oh, I'm on floor 23. <laughs> oh. But we kept walking, we kept climbing, and I heard the lady say, ooh, she's gonna go for it. Then as they got to their floor, they shouted out, we're rooting for you. 
And then it was just me by myself with so many floors to go. So I had to make a decision. Do I stop here and catch the elevator and wait some more? Or do I keep going? Knowing that at the top of my floor was comfort, a warm bed, everything that I needed. Now to my surprise, when I, as I'm pondering, I was still walking and I looked and I was at floor 12. And I said, huh, I'm halfway there now, might as well keep going. So I kept walking, kept climbing, floor 15, floor 15 came, I started getting tired though. <laughs> and then I remembered, I have a bottle of water. So I pulled out the water out of my purse, drank it, and kept going. I got to floor 18, and then some quick math, and thought, huh, all I got to do is get to floor 20. So I kept climbing. I got to floor 20, and I started to smile. It's like, oh, it's smooth coasting now. Got to floor 22, and I literally shouted, thank you, God, I'm there. And I got to floor 23. I walked down the hall, stepped in my room, and fell flat on my bed. <laughs> I got a text message from a friend, and she said, hey, where are you? I don't see you in the line for the elevator. And I told her, I said, oh, because I took the stairs. And she texts back, oh, amen, I'll just wait. <laughs> I'm telling you this story to share with you that whether you choose to stand in the line for the elevator up or you choose to take the stairs, God's love is going to wait. But the question is, how long are you willing to wait? I don't know what hurts and frustrations, breakups, heartaches, or betrayals you may have faced. But one thing I do know is that there is a love that is waiting for you, and that's the love of Jesus Christ. My charge to you this morning is to ask yourself, how long are you willing to wait? See, Jesus will wait as long as it takes. But is the line for uncertain love too long for you? Are you tired of riding the elevator up to what you think is true love only to find out that you're at the wrong floor yet again? How many floors of disappointment must you take before you say enough is enough, I'm taking the stairs? See, I didn't care if I was on floor 10 or 420 or at the ground level. I had waited too long, and I was ready. Are you ready to accept God's love? Remember, he'll wait for you. How long are you willing to wait? Are you ready to take the step towards receiving that love of Jesus Christ. As the band plays, I invite you to pray, to seek God, and find your way 
into God's never-ending, unchanging, reckless love. Let's stand as we worship.